Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am Athlete Tonight. Here to discuss the particulars of this case is Odyssey legal analyst and creator of LeagueofJustice.com, friend of the show, Amy Dash. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Of Great course, to be here. Man. Let's jump right into this now. Sure. Amy, my understanding is that today was merely a formality. Uh, could you break it down for our listeners, like what happened with Brittany going out and, and pleading guilty today in Russia? So essentially, Brittany really had no choice. There's a 99% conviction rate over in Russia. But even if all of the stuff wasn't going on in the background, so everything going on with Ukraine, the fact that she's an American citizen, the fact that she's black, the fact that she's gay, all these things that people say may have biased the process, there would still be an extremely high likelihood, almost a guarantee that she would have been convicted had she tried to uh, stage a defense. So the way that it works is obviously opposite of where it works here, where you have to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. It's almost as if you're guaranteed a conviction if you're going to challenge the system. And especially in her case, where, you know, they want to show they want to prove that there's respect for the law, that the law has authority, especially against people coming into the country, especially for their drug laws, because they're extremely strict with drugs. They have over 100,000 people, maybe even more, who are incarcerated for drug offenses. So the fact that they caught her with these vapors, I believe it was cannabis oil in, in vape cartridges, for her to go in and let's say she was going to say, well, I didn't, let's say one of her defenses would be, I didn't, I didn't have that. Obviously, she had it right. They caught her with it. There's video of it. So she can't go that route. Um, so she didn't have a lot of choices because she possessed the drugs. She was going into the country with the drugs. So almost on its face, you know, how, how is she going to defend against that? She really did not have a choice but to plead guilty. And they want to see her accept responsibility. To be honest with you, they do not want to see their laws and their legal system challenged because it's a cultural thing over there. You know, if you challenge it, it's a sign of disrespect for those laws. Amy, I have a question, you know, and, and you know, I, you know, played in the league and, and we understand, you know, having to go overseas and, and play. And, um, and <clears throat> you know, one of the, the article 228 over in Russia obviously says, you know, if you have six grams of drugs, then it's a, what we would call a misdemeanor. And seven grams is a criminal defense. And so they said from the beginning, obviously, that she had more than seven grams that they were already threatening, um, you know, 10 years for her. But, <clears throat> excuse me, 
my question is where where does she go from here like what do you actually think her chances are let, i mean let's let's take away you know we we can bring up the paul whalen thing we can bring up the swapping of the prisoners and things like that right but at the end of the day you know i think it's important that you know americans that we don't look at this case like we would in america because right. we can't their laws are totally different than ours they approach things so totally different so yeah in some of our states this is legal right and so we're automatically saying we should free her we should free her because cannabis is legal but it's illegal over there so she did something illegal you know where where do you think she goes from there what what do you think the outcome is do you do you think she gets time do you think she's swapped um it'd be interesting to hear from you about that yeah thanks so you know i just want to preface that the answer to that question with giving a little history about our legal system because actually we have really harsh laws especially towards african-american people if you go look at the history of the rockefeller laws here and those were reformed but let's not forget that there were a lot of people who were imprisoned for 20 years or more mm. for minor drug offenses. And a lot of these people were mothers who uh, had to feed their children, single mothers who ended up falling prey to, you know, being the go between for drug dealers and basically being the couriers of drugs uh, because they got a couple thousand dollars and that would feed their family and they were apprehended and the drug dealers went free, but they were sentenced to decades in prison. And so a lot of people are still serving time for that. So it's not, you know, extremely different. I would say the biggest difference is culturally, you know, being able to challenge the system. I would say there's less tolerance for challenging the laws, challenging the system, especially if you're a foreign citizen over there. Um, but in terms of what happens I've said this a bunch of times and it's unfortunate. I just think she's in a really, really bad situation right now. Uh, that's the reality of it. Because of what's going on, it was horrible timing. Not to say that it would have been so much different, but obviously things are, are so much worse now because of what's going on uh, with the war, with the fact that the US imposed sanctions basically has been supporting and helping to arm Ukraine. Um, so it's bad. Uh, now, listen, I don't like like you said um, in the beginning of this uh, of the show, there's still a process that has to play out. So even if there were to be a prisoner swap, that wouldn't happen until she's sentenced. So she could potentially be spending several more months at least there. Then if she's sentenced for them to do a prisoner swap right away, that would send a really bad message if you're Russia. Uh, that people can come into the country, violate the drug laws, and then not serve a day in prison, because I don't even think they're going to count, you know, the time that was served waiting for the sentence. They're not going to count that? I, mm -hmm. I don't think they are. I, I think, I mean, listen, I think they want to set an example that once she's sentenced, she's serving some time before they're just immediately releasing her. I just don't think it looks good politically for them to immediately release her. Now, that being said, the U.S. and the president can try to say, hey, you know, you really want this arms dealer, Victor Bout, and he's been serving for a long time and his family maybe wants him home right away. And if you're willing to do a swap for that prisoner or for another prisoner, uh, we've got to do it within such and such time. So President Biden can say, if you want to do the swap, it's got to be on our terms and it's got to be within the next month or whatever. He can try to speed it up. Mm. I just think that they're going to have an interest in having her serve some additional time 
rather than just immediately releasing her just in terms of optics. You listen to Odyssey legal analyst Amy Dash. Uh, Amy, I want to ask you this question. Here in America, you know, if your maximum sentence is 10 years, more than likely, logistically, you're going to do one third of that sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, Is Russia working along the same timetable pretty pretty much on, on their sentencing guidelines? So I don't think so if you challenge the charge. The fact that she pled guilty is just a strategic move to basically say, hey, listen, I pled guilty to possession and smuggling. Okay, I was possessing. That's undeniable. But I was not operating a large-scale drug distribution network here. I'm not a drug smuggler. This is something I was using for my personal use. And what she said in her plea is, I did not have the intent to do this. This was a mistake. I was packing hastily and it ended up in the luggage, basically saying, you know, there was no malice here, that I didn't give this any uh, forethought where I was planning to do this. And because she did that, she's hoping that there will be leniency in the sentence, you know, and sometimes in Russia for just mere possession, there will be like, uh, you know, 480 hours of community service or even two years or three years of restricted freedom in jail, but not 10 years. And so the hope is that, okay, I plead guilty to all the charges to show respect and take accountability and give them what they want and show them what they want. And then maybe they're only going to sentence me on possession and it's just going to be two years or three years instead of 10. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doolsable, with my squad, Omar Kelly and Auntie Chantel Trimmertier. And we're talking to Odyssey legal analyst and creator of leagueofjustice.com. Amy uh, Daz speaking about the Brittany Grinder situation, her, you know, pleading guilty to drug smuggling charges in Russia. I know, Auntie, you had another question for Amy. Go ahead. Yeah, Amy, I I don't want to, you know, let's not make it political, right? Um, But it's hard not to compare, compare, I mean, considering what's going on um, in the world. But what what do you make of the Paul Whelan family um, being upset and saying, well, wait a minute, um, the president is sending letters to Brittany Griner and Paul has been over here, uh, over there since 2018. You know, I know it puts him in a horrible situation because you can't get Brittany out, right, without getting him out, right? Doesn't that send a crazy kind of message? Um, you know, does that make it more political? You know, and I agree with you. I, I think she does do some additional time, um, but, you know, Everyone at first they were telling all of the WNBA players, you know, let's not say anything. And then it was more of, okay, we're not saying anything It's not getting anything done. So let's start blasting this out. Uh, Free Britney, free Britney. And now Russia's saying, look, America, y'all gotta be quiet. Talking about, you you need to, you need to um, stop talking about her fate and things like that. So, you know, what, what's your take on that? I do think it was a mistake to start being vocal about it and make such a big deal about it only because it raises the profile. And now with the situation that we're in, in terms of the standoff between Russia, Ukraine and the United States and the alliances there, I think it it shows Russia, empowers Russia to say, okay, now we have something that they really want. So we can basically ask for whatever we want and then they can raise the stakes, maybe ask for more people in the prisoner swap, or maybe even cross the boundary of saying, we don't just want a prisoner swap. 
we want you to lift sanctions or we want you to stop doing mm. X, Y, Z, you know, in terms of strategy with the war. So I think it was a mistake because it makes her seem more valuable. On the other hand, there really wasn't much choice right? because nothing was being done mm. and they wanted to put political pressure on the White House. The White House really should have been more responsive behind the scenes to avoid this type of publicity in order to pressure them to act. But I think that actually for people who have been labeled at least wrongful detainees over in Russia, this helps them. The, the publicity helps those people whose cases may have never gotten attention from the president. Um, or maybe if Brittany had gone about things behind the scenes, the president would have tried to help her without feeling pressure to help them. And then by the time their publicity and stories got out, it might have been too late for him to go back because how many prisoner swaps are realistically going to take place? Right. So now their their cases have heightened the, in profile. And now there's pressure on the president that, OK, if you do do a prisoner swap, you've got to do a couple people and not just Brittany. But again, then that makes it more difficult because yeah. it's not just for Brittany, right? It's for now two people or three people. And now, how are they going to manage that? Like, are they going to be just sending arms dealers and dangerous people across right. it? Right. That's thing right. You have to look at, you know, I hate to say it this way. This is horrible, but this is just realistically what it is. There's a value on a person when you're doing a prisoner swap. Right. So, mm. so is Brittany worth the arms dealer? Is Brittany plus Paul Wayland worth the arms dealer? You know, that right. type of a of a um like weighing of a value of they're like almost like commodities. I hate to say it, but right. um the United States, you know, now that things have become political. These are the things that they have to think about, unfortunately. But I mean, obviously, the people who love Brittany, it's just a horrible situation because she's a human being, obviously, who's very loved by a lot of people. And they right. don't see it that way. But politically, there's a lot of strategy that's going to be involved in how to delicately handle this, given the circumstances. Right. In her eyes, she's worth everything. And in, in, in the political eyes, she's she may not be. Well, and hopefully really, she is. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about as far as like the arms <laughs> yeah. dealer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but really the, the, the one good thing about the arms dealer, I mean, he's called like the Merchant of Death and actually Lord of War, the Nicolas wow. Cage movie was based on this guy. Uh, however, the judge actually spoke to a publication today and said, you know, I wouldn't have even sentenced this guy to 25 years. The judge has sentenced him. He said, I would have given him 10, but I was mandated to give 25 under the sentencing guidelines. And I don't even think he'd be that dangerous if he was sent back because he's lost all of his contacts and he never really showed intent. Um, there was no evidence that he was, you know, doing more than just trying to personally benefit from selling weapons. So the, there was really not a lot of evidence showing he was targeting uh, terrorist organizations, even though he knew he was selling possibly to one that that wasn't like a, an overarching plan of his. So you know, I mean, he's Come called on, the Amy. Yeah, Once an arms dealer, always an arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amy, we truly appreciate your honesty. Um, one final question. I know earlier you were talking about, you know, potentially, um, I guess, best case scenario. She could get community service or maybe even what you say in uh, protective in-house jail time for like two to three years. I think you said something along those lines. Uh, yeah. What is the percentage you think that actually happens or does she, you know, get the, the maximum time of 10 years? Like, what do you think the percentages for each one would be? 
You know, it really depends. I'm going to, I'm going to like go out on a limb here and say, I think that the judges in Russia may not be entirely independent. They may be influenced. <laughs> you think? Maybe <laughs> influenced by the people in power politically different from what happens here, obviously, as we've seen recently with the Supreme Court, right? That's not being influenced necessarily by the Biden administration. So because of that, I really think this is all going to come down to uh, the relationship between the United States, Russia, and, you know, whether we have and can offer things that they really want. I think she may get two to three years, which is, by the way, which is a lot of time, yeah. Uh, for that amount Absolutely. of drugs. Um, so she may get a couple of years, but whether or not she'll have to serve them will come down to how much the U.S. is willing to offer to get her home. Do, do mm. they have like work release or good time off for good behavior in Russia? Mm. See, I don't think I don't think any of that stuff is going to really matter to be yeah, honest. labor camps. This labor camps. Mm -hmm. over in, yeah, in it's Russia. like two years in labor camp or three years of restricted freedom. Um I think because of the amount that they're saying that she had, I think that's also a big problem. Mm. And um, of course, like I said, all the inherent biases that are, that are going to come into it. She's not, I would guess she's not a sympathetic uh, defendant because of potentially racial biases, uh, you know, the sexual biases, uh, foreigner biases. There's just so much stacked against her right now. And there's so much going on right now that in terms of what's what's angering Russia towards the United States. And unfortunately, she was caught right in the middle of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Amy. That's Amy Dash, Odyssey legal analyst and creator of LeagueofJustice.com, speaking about Brittany Griner's situation in Russia. We truly appreciate you coming in and, and really educating us and our listeners. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. Jamal Crawford's in here. You are always hell to deal with. I mean, people always talk about the Kobe's and, you know, the Iversons and guys I matched up with. And you bring so much to the game. Keep going, bro. Go as long as you can. You know, being on this side of it. I love this part in the transition, but absolutely, there's nothing like when the popcorn's popping and you're performing on stage <laughs> and hitting that big shot. Listen and subscribe to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green, wherever you get your podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now that Baker Mayfield has been traded to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional draft pick, could be a fourth or fifth round pick. Let's recap what the Panthers have done over the past several years. First, they cut Cam Newton. They signed Teddy Bridgewater, traded for Sam Donald, traded away Teddy Bridgewater, signed Cam Newton again, drafted Matt Carell, and then traded for Baker Mayfield. Let me throw it to my teammate Omar Kelly, who has been covering the NFL forever. Is Baker Mayfield entering a more dysfunctional situation than he was in Cleveland? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at who who is the coach on the hottest seat in the NFL? <laughs> it's probably Matt Rule. It's Matt no, not a probably. It is without a doubt Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't and he knew that the only solution to that was to get a quarterback that he could invest in and sort of say, see, believe in this young man. You see the development. We're, 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 we're taking that next step. Now, I'm glad he pivoted off the Sam Darnold train because that Sam Darnold train was 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 that headed train for, been left. That, 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 <laughs> it, it was headed for a head on collision. Yeah. Um, but Baker Mayfield and, and, and keep in mind. I like Baker Mayfield. I think a lot of the problems that he had Hold last on. year. Didn't you call this man an Airbnb quarterback? He is a, no, for mm-hmm. this situation. He's a rental right now. Think yeah. about it. From Carolina's standpoint, he's a rental. They even got a discount on him. They did get a huge discount. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even give up that discount. Uh, if I'm yeah. Cleveland, I'm not paying that. I, I eat half of your salary. Like, I'm not paying 10 million. Well, I think originally Carolina was willing to pay for half, and then as time went on, they were like, well, no, nah, we ain't paying for half no more. And to Baker's point, right, this is a big move by him because he's betting on himself. Yes. He decided to take essentially a $3.5 million pay cut to make sure this deal went forward and he got traded to Carolina. But Carolina's only on the hook for right under $5 million for mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, but they honestly, also that's, a great, that's a great deal. But they're they, still on the hook for $18, 18. million. Dollars so, so, between, the, between the two of them, yeah, they're, they're paying about, what, $23 million between the oh, two yeah, of them? Oh, yeah, that's a ridiculous amount for mediocre quarterbacks. But <laughs> I, I like the weaponry that he has, DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like um, Robbie, uh, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. They also have, you know, Kerry Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, Christian healthy. McCaffrey. Yeah. They've got a, a decent offensive line. They probably could do a little bit more from an offensive line standpoint. But they've actually done a pretty good job. They brought in Corbett from the Rams, who Baker Mayfield was who knows well because they were drafted the same year in Cleveland, and then he got traded to the Rams. They also took Iquanu, right, uh, mm-hmm. in the first round. To yes, me. they he, did. He's going to be their left their left tackle and and you know Taylor at, at at right tackle to me is one of the best right tackles in football. So I mean they've done some things to kind of try to shore up that offensive line. I think this team really struggled when Christian McCaffrey went down. It literally like Matt oh, Rule yeah. is praying that Christian McCaffrey stays healthy because the team and the trajectory of the team changed totally once he went down. I believe they were three and one, maybe even four and one when the season started when Christian McCaffrey was healthy and he was putting up numbers. Soon as he got banged up, Sam Donald and the offense looked atrocious right and they have a really good young defense right so this is a team that you know the nfc south besides 
Literally, yeah, I would say the Tampa Bay Bucks. Everybody else, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jameis had the Saints looking good before he got hurt, but you you don't know without their head coach, you know, Sean Payton not being there, what it's going to look like. So let's yeah. go with the you know Dennis Allen's record. It's it's trash. It's eight and twenty four. Yeah, it's trash. <laughs> Auntie, do you think Baker's going to a more dysfunctional situation in Carolina? Uh, no, because at least they know who their quarterback's going to be. Right. It's it's going to be Baker. You know why? One, so? one, <clears throat> you know, and it's hard for me to say good things about Baker being a Steeler fan of him used to be with the Browns. But now <laughs> that he's gone, I can say some good things. But, you know, he did have a torn labrum and he tried to fight through it um, yeah. for the last what year and a half. Uh, but, you know, he's going I think he's going into a great situation, especially like you said, if, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, you got a great back behind you. You got some really good weapons like Omar was saying. And wouldn't it be great? And I know you want to get into the, to the question of, you know, will Deshaun play? You know, most likely, I don't think he plays the first game. And the first game the Panthers play is the Browns. And so that September 11th NFL game gods. is going to be amazing. And you talk about, you know, he took a $3.5 million pay cut. I think if he goes and and uh, if he beats Jacoby Brissett in the, in the Browns that week oh. one, that's a good start for him to, to earn a little bit of that. But that money and that respect. Oh, my favorite quarterback. Uh, listen, <laughs> right. I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought up Jacoby Brissett yeah, because his favorite you, quarterback. If you are Cleveland right now, and I know Baker Mayfield, you probably had to move him because he's kind of a disgruntled child and he doesn't want to be there, and he 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 would he would have created a lot a lot of commotion. But well, they showed they didn't want him either, though, Omar. Yes, they did. You gave I mean, somebody $230 million in guaranteed money. Just because like, the hot yeah. girl in the club is batting her eyes at you does not mean that your girlfriend is ugly. Nah, the bat, the hot girl <laughs> in the club said that she would go home with you. Okay. And, and, and took off her clothes in front of you. That's what they did with that $230 million contract. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead. But Jacoby Brissett, is that really what you're riding for the whole season? Think right. about it. It looks about, like they are. Think about where you are if you're the Cleveland Browns. Like but, but does this you in the, the AFC. Also, give like some pause to say that maybe they feel like Deshaun's not going to be suspended as long as people initially thought he was going to be they, suspended. They must be living in delusional land. Right. Yeah, the yeah, NFL's asking for a year. Some, some things. I, honestly, I think it might be six to eight games. I, if it's if it's short of eight games, I'll be shocked. If it's short of, eight I know we games, both said we thought it was going to be eight to twelve. Uh, yeah, I, but I, from I, everybody I've talked to, it looked like it could be six to eight. Yeah, but that NFL wants it to be suspended for the year. Yeah, that's he wants a it to be wrong suspended. message to the women supporters of this league. Absolutely, NFL will not slap him on the wrist and let him continue to play the majority of the season. I think he's doing half a season at least. At We're least. talking about half. Yeah. Right. And not just, you know what, Omar, not just the women of the league, you know, the women of America, right? Because yeah. we don't know, some of these um, massage therapists might not have been NFL fans or whatever, but, you know, regardless of what happens, um, you're right, there's a huge difference between Deshaun Watson and, and Jacoby Brissett. And, and uh, mm. you know, I think that whether he, whether Baker has stepped into to a more dysfunctional uh, organization. You know, it will be remains to be seen, but I think he's better off out of of Cleveland and out of that whole Deshaun Watson mess. Here's the thing: I, I always remember, and I think I've said this before, and I am an athlete tonight. I, I cover the Dolphins, and I remember 
um, Adam Gase, who, you know, depending on which fan base you are, <laughs> you, you've got fond or, or laughable. Yeah, memories he took them to the playoffs when you. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't think Gase is as bad of a coach as a lot of people think. Um, maturity is not there. But, but getting, getting to my point, I remember when Baker Mayfield was coming out in the draft and he was not projected as the number one pick, but I knew Adam Gates had this obsession for him because of the talent and the intangible and really the persona, their personalities match up so well, Mm. um, which is why Gates loved him. And it's funny because both of them have maturity issues Mm. and I don't think Mm. that will ever change with people like that. Mm. So even though Baker's on a one-year audition, Think about if things go left or go wrong and Matt Rule is fired or and, and then Baker's got his laundry list of excuse. This this is potentially the season that could basically dictate how his career goes, goes from now on. I, I, I ain't no thing. That's this right. is that season, hundred percent. Like yeah. Baker, what well, but the thing is, like, and we had this conversation about Carson Wentz. Yes, somebody's gonna take no, a- no, no, no. They're gonna take a chance, but he'll never be gifted the starting role again. Yeah. Right. He'll have to compete. Just like just Carson like Carson Wentz in Washington, right? I believe this is his last opportunity to just be gifted the starting yes. role. If he doesn't go out there and and do what he needs to do, helps them get over the hump, get into the playoffs, I believe he'll have to compete from from, from now on to be a starter in this league. And I think oh the same thing. Oh, my God, a quarterback has to compete. I, oh I my love man. it. I'm just saying, you. But, but we, Let, we yeah. so quickly just hand jobs I, people. I, I, so. I know. I, but, I, but, I, hold on now, but, you know, Baker did take the Browns to the playoffs, right? He did. And, he, did. and he did it with a torn labrum and, and things like that. And so, you know, I, does he have a little bit of immaturity? Yeah, but I, I think he just likes to have fun. He was like that with Oklahoma. And look how much well, success man, he had honestly. with Oklahoma. You know, um, I think I think he's gonna do well in. in uh, he's got he's in, got to view this as a put up or shut up. Season. Yeah, it just from his point of view, it's it's got to suck to have this happen so late. And, and I commend him right for for being willing to take that three point five million dollar pay cut that he can get in incentives, but just to make sure this deal goes through because. As we talked about Omar, he's already up against the eight ball. He missed all the offseason workouts, all the OTA practices, right? He's, you know, getting the playbook, what, two or three weeks before training camp starts, hasn't learned the nuances, the terminology. Yeah, Sam Donald's licking his chops. Hasn't get that continuity with the receivers. He's already behind right. the eight ball, and this is Sam Donald's second year in this offense. So he's got a lot of catch-up to do. But, but dudes, of, what ahead, happens – I'm sorry, but dudes, what happens if – I'd like to hear you guys answer this question – yeah. Um, and I'm stealing it from you. Um, wh- what happens to Jimmy Garoppolo now? Where does he go? That's a good question. Um, we actually kind of touched on this yesterday. Honestly, I think he's going to end up in San Francisco. I mean, there's been mm-hmm. rumors out of San Francisco that they're not all the way in on Trey Lance. Now, I know they excused Jimmy Garoppolo from minicamp, but yeah. then again, he wasn't going to do anything anyway at minicamp. So why have him there answering questions right. um, when he's injured and he can't do anything Listen, anyway? He, I, I mean, the money he's making isn't absurd. $25 million, uh, though, but it's also a rental. He is a verbo exactly. quarterback. Right? So, so teams don't want to really pay it and, and like – only team in my mind really now that is in the market for quarterback could be only Seattle and Atlanta. I know you see, look, 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 I say Seattle. No, but one, they're not going to trade him within the division. That'd be absurd. Yeah. He ain't going to Seattle. That is true. The Miami Dolphins who just got hired there. Teddy, okay. No, that's what Teddy Bridgewater is there. I'm just saying he's there now, but I'm just saying the, that the offensive coordinator is really comfortable bro, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Miami Dolphins got better quarterback situation than New York Jets. C- calm down. Calm I'm not, down. I'm just saying, uh, all right, so if you had Jimmy, 
Teddy or two, who are you taking right now? I'm I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. So you're taking Jimmy. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, I, can, I can take him as a free agent next year. If, but who 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 needs the quarterback the most? Who needs the quarterback the most this year? I mean, Seattle would right. be a Seattle. team that, that comes to mind. I, I think, okay, uh, okay. So you say Seattle could be up there with um, Mariota yeah. and and you know they took Desmond Ritter in the draft. Yeah. So that's the potential as well. I mean, so but I, was, I think Miami's an intriguing, intriguing team. Not not, not trade for him. Not in not no, in Omar's no, eyes. Not in yeah. Omar's eyes. You know that ain't happening. Nah, 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 <laughs> but if nah. but if but if Jimmy Garoppolo stays in San Francisco. Yeah. Do you see maybe Seattle or Atlanta or whatever trying well, to I don't after, think trying Seattle's to go after division, so I don't think yeah, that trade would okay. ever happen. Well, do you think any of those teams try to go after Cam Newton? Or do you think he's no. done? In, do you think he's done in, in uh Carolina? Can't keep him I mean, in the Carolina. Thing was, they were keeping Mayfield. open communication with Cam Newton in Carolina before the Baker Mayfield trade. So there was some potential that he could end up back in Carolina. But with them trading for, you know, Baker Mayfield, that that ship has sailed. So right. it's it's crazy like how you know how I don't want to say how quickly you can fall in the NFL because he's played a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, th- I always thought from day one, Cam Newton would finish as a Carolina Panther. I'd, when he went to New England, it just didn't even look right to me. Yeah, like, right. He's, he's right. a Carolina Panther through and through. So it was yeah, just a surprise. But, but his, his, his profile is bigger than his performance. And, and that's really the issue. I think Cam needs to go someplace where it's just okay to be a backup. Yeah. And if he wants to continue to play, I, I think his, his, his profile is just too high. Yeah. And I, I watched him when he was with new England and I watched him play the dolphins and Oh my God, they just teed off on him. He has nothing left as a quarterback. Well, I, I don't think if you're saying, right. Um, if you're saying that cam is his profile is too big, I don't think cam wants to be a backup. I think it's him saying, you know what? If I'm not a starting quarterback, I'm done. And let me I just think go he'll do be some a backup, other stuff. But to Omar's point, his personality, his his bravado, his uh, his stature, the Superman stature. It's like yeah. I, that's something you just can't tone down. He just has that it factor. So like coming into the locker room, even if he's the backup, everybody's gonna think he's the starter just the way he carries himself. So right, I, but Superman bringing him in as a backup. Right, but Superman's not Robin. Right, Superman never had to play back fiddle to anyone like robin had to play back fiddle yeah to but the, uh, batman the and I, so i think i think yeah. i don't know that's yeah i don't know cam know. newton reminds me a lot of um matt ryan is is kind of entering that realm where the the the, the, the why's my ryan go out there and cook this year yeah you can't you can't compare he, matt ryan to, to, to cam newton matt ryan finna go they're gonna run the football he gonna he gonna do make the throws that carson wentz couldn't make last year wow I'm gonna be until they get okay. until i think matt ryan so is you gonna take them boys Okay, that's right. a terrible division too. I think he's gonna take them to the playoffs until he get to the until he get to the playoffs. Then old Matt <laughs> hey, Ryan, he'll be all right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Good old line, no, no, no real weapons. But yeah, what you old... mean? They got the one of the best weapons in, in the backfield in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm talking about wide receivers. You want to give him the ball ninety percent of the time. Pittman, nice. You tripping? I like I like Alec Pierce who they took from Cincinnati too in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see. This is I am athlete tonight. I am your host Lee J Doosable with my squad Omar Kelly and Auntie Chantel Trimmerton. We were talking about Baker Mayfield getting traded to the Carolina Panthers. Now let's go into college football and the college football landscape is literally all over the place. As suspected mm-hmm. for the past several years, college football is headed in the direction of super conferences. Let's do a quick recap. USC and UCLA will join the Big Ten in 2024. Oklahoma, Texas will join the SEC in 2025. And reportedly, reportedly, the Big 12 are looking 
to add six schools to their conference, potentially Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. Omar Kelly, are super conferences a good or bad thing for college football? It's a good thing because it gets us to the next round in the next realm, which is, gosh, dog it, we need a playoff. And they have a playoff right now. Come on, man. Stop. We're just talking about like an 18 playoff. I'm talking about a 16 team playoff. 16. Oh, God. They might as well start the season off there. I, I want a 16 team tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you're trying to hurt these young boys. You, you're trying to stop them from getting their money at the next level. That's what you're trying to do. Because now you got to think the 16 team, right? Usually that dude wouldn't even played in the bowl game. He's getting ready for the league. Now he got to win. Say, he got to potentially play four more games. I didn't say that 16 team and winner t- and ever fight to the end. We playing 16 teams, yeah. and then we're going to rank them again, and then we're going to keep it moving. That's what I'm saying. So go 16 to 8 to 4 to 2. So what if you're the 16 team, and now you I, keep I think, winning? I think we go I think we go from 16 to maybe 6. I would love how two, to see how you with do two this. Sitting, <laughs> with two sitting it out. And then we go. So they get first round buys. They, yes, they get first round buys. This is hilarious. I, I'm just. Here's the thing. We got to think creatively here. Yeah. We, we got. We got. In other words, you putting these young boys at risk, Auntie. What do you think? The Fox owns. They getting paid now. The Big Ten, yeah. right? Uh, SEC is owned by right ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, Auntie, look, not smelling it. Auntie, she, no, she, she, she got the scent. No, well, I'm disagreeing with you, though, nephew. I'm disagreeing with you because I I actually think it's going to be bad for for college football. Not only, you know, what happens to a team like Notre Dame? Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, that's a good question. Geographical. Hold on. Hold on. Geographical regions and like rivalry. They mean far less. Right. Um, You know, it's not about like what about, you know, are we really going to have to see like Rutgers? Go all the way out to LA and Hold play on. a Rutgers nine a.m. game. Going. They're in the Big Ten right now, bro. Oh and have to go all the way out to LA, like, and so there ain't gonna be no more team buses. It's always gonna be USC yeah, now. Yeah, it's always it's, gonna it's be every sport, not just football. No, but we talking about football. We talking about football right now. And then, the football players can get on a a, a chartered plane, whereas the soccer team they might have to ride. It's gonna, gonna be tough. Yeah, but. Follow the money. You're right, Auntie. The television networks, they own these conferences. This is about the big TV deals. And ultimately, it's about survival of the fittest. Yeah. I, I covered the University of Miami when they went from the Big East, which most people don't even remember existed. Yeah, I do. To, uh, to Boston College was in there, Syracuse. Yeah, <laughs> to the ACC. And that was about safety and finances. Yeah. And right now, if you're not if you're not at a conference that's providing you safety and finances, you're looking to get out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Notre Dame because I believe that lockout year they joined the ACC just for one year, but I think they would they would fare well in the Big Ten. I think they are a Big Ten type team, so we'll see what happens to you know these super conferences in the next few years in college football. I am athlete tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial 
to start your free trial today. Serious XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.